When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it is Danny and Iffy here. Uh, We're still on hiatus. I hope that everyone out there is being loud and is being safe. Um, Iffy, this is the first time I've like seen you across from me in in a bit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been a it's been uh, a time. You know, just uh, trying to uh, stay active, stay positive, get out. You know, I did went to a protest uh, yesterday. It was great. It's a good time, and still all the while doing super punch stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so this week we wanted to re-air an episode we did on queer characters in gaming. As you may or may not know, June is Pride Month. And we've actually had some great advancements as far as queer representation in gaming. On this particular episode that we're re-airing, we had Canon Spackman from Sony and our friend comedian uh, Christopher Smith Bryant, who's the head of the LA Gaming Society here, to talk about iconic gay characters in this community. Something that we wanted to remind everyone is that black and brown trans women are why we have pride. Uh, They were the ones fighting at Stonewall um, and protesting against police brutality. It is because of them that people like me get to come out as openly bi. They have done so much work in this community. So we just wanted to remember them during Pride. uh, And hopefully you guys are all tweeting and posting and, and showing up and stuff for this community. Yeah, definitely that. Well, do you, uh, I, I second all of those things, I, <laughs> but I also want to also want to do uh, say a resounding. Uh, yeah, uh, you can't all black lives matter, uh, which is always a scary phrase to say, because it seems like you're about to say all lives matter. But no, I'm <laughs> just me. All black lives matter. Uh, if you didn't know. Uh, 20 black men ganged up on a trans woman uh, a couple of days ago when we were recording this uh, June uh, 4th uh, at a at a Black Lives Matter rally, which is disgusting, despicable. And I hope all 20 of those men get caught and dealt with because you can't you, you can't sit there in a Black Lives Matter rally and then uh, attack another black life. You get over 
get over whatever BS ideals. I have to remember we don't curse on this show. Uh, <laughs> I had to stop myself and and really uh, stand up for one another out there. Because if if you're not for all black lives, then you're not for black lives, period. Yes. All black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Uh, we hope you enjoy this episode on queer characters in gaming. Stay loud. Stay strong. Stay nerdy. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stay nerdy. <laughs> Stay nerdy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Nerdificent. I'm Ify Whitey and sitting in a new corner of the... <laughs> Of the table. I've been kicked out. Yeah. Got the boot. <laughs> uh, it Excuse- is I, your other co-host, Danny Fernandez. And today we are joined up top by comedian, executive producer at Enemies of Dorothy and event coordinator at LAGS, which is the LA Gaming Society, Christopher Smith Bryant. Yeah, I'm here. This is where I talk. Yes, I. You're um, sitting in my spot. It feels weird. I feel weird, and I've never been here before. No, I'm an event coordinator at Lags LA Gaming Society, so I'm super excited to be on your show and talk about gay stuff. Yeah, so we have another. I know. Spoiler: You already said what our our episode is. Oh darn um, it! I'm just kidding. They can see it in the title. And sitting next to him is the technical program manager at PlayStation, a gaming enthusiast and LGBTQ activist, Canon Spackman. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I wonder how did y'all meet? How do you two know each other? Oh my god. We okay. Well, we did go on one date. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I did not know this. No, it's it's okay. It didn't go well. Um, but we're friends now. So it went well enough. Yeah, I think. Well. So. <laughs> I think sometimes you meet people, especially being uh, LGBT, you meet someone that you have an attraction for, but you're like, I'm not sexually attracted, but I'm so attracted to this person, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, it's just because our souls are like friend souls. We um we uh, run the LA Gaming Society together, which okay, is cool. one of the largest gay video game groups in America, where we create these giant parties and programs for LGBT nerds that live in Los Angeles to kind of meet up. Um, and it's just been a really cool way. I mean, I, I met Canon through that, and we've met multiple friends through that as well. Yeah, you guys actually had the Dragon Ball Fighters tournament. That I was at that, yeah. yes. Yeah, we had a great uh, time with Funimation uh, doing a Dragon Ball Fighters tournament. It's a really great way because I feel like, uh, especially LGBT people who move to LA, they feel a little lost. Uh, and uh, especially if they're nerds and they might have, you know, some sort of social issues like, As- you know, Asperger's or whatever it's a great way for them to, I said that right, right? Okay. It's a great way for them to meet with other nerds. I did it. To other nerds who can't socialize, like I can't socialize. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chris and I, the extent of our friendship is sending memes to each other like four times a day. That's how we communicate. (laughs) That's all of my friendships. And then that's it. And I'll see Danny like once every six months. (laughs) <laughs> but I feel closer mm-hmm. to her because of our memes. That's a millennial memes. friendship. Yeah. If it you is. and I need to up our meme game, we oh, send yeah. them here and there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we are meme light. Uh, yeah. Usually it's just tea. Only, it's only tea. It's true. We spill a lot of tea in our in our chat. So 
I wanted to talk about a little bit, Canon, about you work with WITS. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Women in Technology? Women in is... Technology at Sony. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that group? Sure. So one of the really cool things about being at PlayStation now is we're experiencing a lot of change for the better. We've, we went from two different companies at Sony that were considered kind of the redheaded stepchild. We were the gaming division. Um, and now since the PlayStation 4 has launched, we've kind of become the crown jewel of the Sony companies. And that's ushered in a lot of really positive change. So our headquarters moved from Tokyo to San Mateo. And uh, we're kind of embracing a lot of modern um, culture things and culture changes um, to kind of, I guess, invite more people to be a part of what it is that we do at Sony. So what has come with that has been a lot of diversity initiatives. And one of them was um, making what we call employee resource groups. And we have employee resource groups. There's five at Sony currently. There's Women in Technology at Sony, which is our women's group. There's Proud at Sony, which is our LGBT group. There's PAN, which is PlayStation African American Network at Sony. I think it's PANS. And then there's a fourth and a fifth one. I don't remember what the other (laughs) ones are. But having all those groups at Sony has been a really, really good experience because it's been able to bring people I work with together in a really different way, in a really interesting way. And it's had a lot of really interesting effects on our work culture and on the projects we do and pretty much everything. It's been really great. Well, with Canon and I, especially because we're running events with the LA Gaming Society, um, PlayStation let us hold their first LGBT uh, E3 party. Oh, that's so cool. Which was really amazing because we we just like put up an event like, okay, this will be fine. And luckily we put up an event on Facebook because like within – a week, I think there were 2,000 people that clicked interested in it, and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, were you having this at your house? Cause <laughs> no, we, we luckily had an event space for yeah. it, but I remember Canon's like, I don't know how we're going to fill this, and we're like, oh, we're not going to be able to get everyone in, but it was kind of a cool moment, especially because I don't think anyone realized how many LGBT nerds there are and how underrepresented they are as a group. And it was an amazing way, especially to get a lot of people who worked for PlayStation to kind of be like, oh, my God, this is a huge, huge, huge group. And it especially was awesome because they had the um, E3 presentation from PlayStation actually opened up with a lesbian moment, a lesbian kiss between two characters for The Last of Us 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was just a really powerful moment for all of us. Also, what it was really cool too was because Ellie being lesbian was alluded to in mm-hmm. the DLC but not confirmed and I feel like a lot of LGB characters are de- has, have to deal with that with mm-hmm. the off screen you know representation where it's like we're supposed to assume that or even like you know uh, to take it back to Nickelodeon like a few people were wishy-washy with the end of Legend of Korra because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. wasn't as yeah. strong of it ending to really confirm everything so to kind of just have that kiss there and it was like yep we're here. It was. It, it. I. I even thought it was like really cool because you know I think just from the perspective of being like a black person and wanting to see you know representation, it's cool. Like it's. It's funny how like we can cheer each other on. Like everyone. Some. I feel like some people in our respective like you know groups think that it's a contest when it really is just we want everybody winning. Mm-hmm. Like. I was hyped to see crazy rich Asians do well. I'm like, yes, get it, get it, you know? And (laughs) I feel like, uh, you know, it's just like there's room for everyone. And it it is funny because, you know, when you do have like so many 
I, I think white dude bros think like, oh man, this is dumb and trying to, you know, SJW and all this when they don't even know, like, I think it's crazier because I feel like LGBTQ is a little more invisible. Like you can, like someone can be Chris's homeboy and not know that he is gay and then be like, what do you think of this LGBT, you know, uh, SJW always clogging up, trying to ruin my games, you know? They would have to be blind in that <laughs> to not know that I'm gay. Yeah, but... I love it. <laughs> but you'd that actually seems... be surprised, though. You People... are... Sorry, go ahead. No, they just don't. Sometimes they don't think of it. Like they just don't. What were you gonna say? You are wearing a Sailor Moon necklace with a Sailor a Moon pink, necklace. Yeah, another like, very LGBT pro. Yeah, totally. Thing. Yes. I mean, all of the sailors. I feel like in general, but specifically Neptune and Uranus uh, are so. And I saw that you were posting that you were watching it this past weekend. You know what was amazing is for a show that was in the '90s. There was a uh, a character that said that they had a they admitted of having having a crush on Usagi. And most animes at the time, uh, the main character, if, if someone of the same sex admitted that they were attracted to him, they would be like, whoa, gross, or like try to make a comedic moment out of it. And the weird thing was uh, Usagi was just like, she took care of the person's feelings. She said, I don't have the same you know, emotions that you feel towards me, but it was just like really sweet about it. And it was such a progressive show in that way for its time that mm-hmm. it's- yeah. It means so much to you know LGBT nerds for that reason. Well, I wanted to ask you guys, like, what were some of the characters and shows that you latched onto as a child, or when did you first feel like you saw yourself in media or were represented? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> Do you have one offhand? This is going to be horrible to say, but I think it started with fan fiction. Okay, really? yeah, like, no, it, that makes sense. Yeah, it really started with like fan web comics, like even just seeing. Uh, because I, I mean, I remember as far as like, I'm really into comic books. The as a Marvel fan, the Young Avengers was kind of like, and is it North Star as well from X Men? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that were the first like big ones from Marvel, and then Batwoman. But it kind of started before then, seeing like web comics on the internet. Some of them were very racy. Um, of different like characters that I would ship together, like yes. people, you know, or like fan fiction, and sometimes it's just sweet to see people that I like ship together. I think that was actually the first thing I had because there really, as a kid, there wasn't there wasn't really that much representation. Mm-hmm. As someone who's you know uh, turning thirty soon, there really wasn't as a kid any representation, especially in video games. There, yeah, Birdo. Like that was it, yeah, Birdo, yeah. a transgender bird, bird? dinosaur <laughs> yeah, from yeah. a bird dinosaur, yeah. From in Mario. Sailor Moon, that was it. In Sailor Moon, they changed in the American version. Mm-hmm. They changed the lesbian scouts to be oh, cousins, right. mm-hmm. and I think all of us at the time were like, <laughs> "What type of relationship, like, are you having with your cousin?" I mean, my, I, it's just weird. I don't know if I slip my tongue into my cousin's mouth, but sometimes <laughs> that's how people kiss. Yeah. Uh, Canon, what about you? Like, what were, if not like that, you felt represented? What were some of the characters? and shows that you at least latched onto as a as a kid like what characters did you like so that's a good question uh i grew up watching he-man which i think is why i'm gay no i'm just (laughs) no that makes sense (laughs) makes sense um i think the earliest video game reference that i can think of is actually comes from dragon age i don't know if anyone ever played dragon age oh yeah but it was the first game i played that had gay optional romances Mm -hmm. which 
I played that game every which way to get all of the gay romances because I wanted because it was like my first exposure <laughs> yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, holy crap! Like even replayed it as a female character and romance all the female characters that you could romance, and it was just cool to have that option because I'd never had that option before. Yeah. Speaking of that, that actually reminds. I now can think of the very first video game for me was The Sims. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. Sims, because I th- I think I remember them adding like LGBT relationship, and there's a huge controversy around it. But when you could add, uh, when you could woohoo in the bed, like <laughs> that was my first gay porn was pixelated woohoo in Sims. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was wild too. Just just the pixelated like woohoo and then it would have like almost the fighting smoke <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like, okay y'all going crazy simsies <laughs> That's yeah. so i was funny. like is this what it's supposed to be like <laughs> <laughs> when you see it's not pixelated what um i uh i would say fan fiction was how i explored my sexuality as well um and also just like anime what is it called? i forgot the name of it now when it's not the manga but it's like fan made manga can't remember. Do you remember? Yeah. Um. Anyways, there's yeah. a lot of exploration yeah, in there. But I was able to be, I guess, the best way to describe it is a passenger in that experience because my best friend in high school came out to me in like like the summer between eighth grade and freshman year, and wow. it was true. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a good guy, guys. I'm one of the good. <laughs> You're ones. very woke. <laughs> I'm hashtag woke. Yeah, no, it, it, and it's so funny because to me that's also kind of been my frustration with bigotry because it was that simple. It was just like you're still the same. Why would I care like who you love? It was so to for me to think back and as a like 13 year old have no inhibitions and no like oh man this that or whatever. It's it's like crazy to see how grown adults will like go back and forth on this with nothing and also I'm like a strong proponent of like my own business, you know, and if it has nothing to do with you, why would you even have an opinion on it? But I'm sidetracking a bit, um, but to, but like even him growing up, it was the same thing. He really kind of gravitated towards uh, Sailor Moon because, you know, it was that same thing because they're like the uncut version, they're lesbians, it's tight. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I'm trying to think because we were both hyper nerds. Like we watched DBZ together. He but made... DBZ has a lot of queer mm-hmm. characters. I remember Frieza Chris... is gay. We <laughs> I will bring this it back every Frieza is the gay icon. We've talked about this. It's Zarbon. So yeah. so um I remember that you posted like a picture. I think it was a Dragon Ball Z related. I think I was like, in sexy. my underwear next to Frieza and we we're both sticking our butts out, as you do, <laughs> as you do on Instagram. That sounds about and right. somebody was like, Don't bring your homosexuality into Dragon Ball Z. And I'm be like, Have you watched Dragon yeah. Ball Z? Well, Have my you favorite is it? Danny then went off on this person. She's like, Oh, <laughs> you think you know about Dragon Ball Z? And I was like, This comment. I should say I, I brought like I brought the facts. Yeah. I used to post these like belfies on Instagram and I just put like, you know, hashtag butt or whatever. But I think people straight guys would just see a feminine figure and be turned on by it and then like then look at the picture um, and then realize it, Ooh, it's a guy. <laughs> and um 
I with think a very that's, good butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. We've we've all been there. All men. You know, you're, you're like, oh, oh is damn. this a booty model? Like, I've I've done that with your post because I follow <laughs> so many booty models that like I'll see Chris come up, but I'm, you know, I'm not reading the screen. I'm like, oh, nice butt. I was like, oh, look, it's Chris again. <laughs> you but nice you're butt. very supportive. You're very yeah. I, yeah, you're very supportive. But I think that's what happens is then he got angry and then tried to school me on Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and Danny was not having it. She was like, no. Well, it's so fascinating to me because anime, they don't have necessarily the same weird, religious, extremely structured, like homophobia and stuff that seems to be over here where they made, where Akira Toriyama made a lot of these characters kind of gender fluid for a reason mm -hmm. and has commented on that. So it's well, just frustrating to me that people are like, no, it's this when, I don't know. Well, that's what's so funny is all the like super weebs, you know, who want to copy everything about Japan will just skip over that part, which is the Japan's not having their huge obsession over masculinity where there is that kind of gender fluidity. There's so many anime characters yes. that are androgynous that can go either way. I mean, even like Devilman Crybaby, like, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. spoilers, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds to speed past this if you really want to see it. But at the end when Satan has like straight up breasts and it's like never addressed, it's never like a thing. It's like, yeah, no, I, I am a man. I have breasts. I am beautiful. And this is in, let me destroy the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Japan culture is very interesting, though, They because they still have homophobia, but yeah. it's they different. Yeah. And I, I believe homosexuality is illegal in Japan for wow. Japanese citizens. Is that correct, Canon? Yeah, so it's wow. it's, a, it's an interesting law they have. I, I go to Japan fairly regularly for work, mm -hmm. so I have a little bit of experience with Japanese yeah. culture, and it's fascinating, and I love going to Japan. But one of the really interesting things I learned very early on was so things like prostitution are illegal between Japanese citizens, but prostitution between a Japanese citizen and a non-Japanese citizen is not legal. Wow. And you'll find a lot of things. Or is legal. Or is legal. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah I'm so sorry. What about homosexuality in Japan? So being gay is not illegal in Japan. But if you ask any Japanese people, like, are there gay people here? They will tell you no. It's a very fascinating thing. Yet wow. in a lot of their art and our culture, you'll see a yes. lot of yes. gender non-conforming people. You'll yeah. see a lot of queer people. You'll see people that don't fit the normal gender spectrum. So they're very comfortable with it in their art and in their style and in their culture. But if you ask them straight up, like, what is the LGBT community here? They'll say, oh, Japan doesn't have those. That, like, that doesn't happen here. Is bizarre. And then they'll say, if you do see it here, it's because foreigners have come here and they've like... I wonder here. if the I mean, art is the is like their expression of mm -hmm. it because like yeah mm -hmm. if we're just looking at at anime and like it's so not all of it but a lot of it is sexual mm -hmm. and sexual between women and women men and women man and man like just a, a large spectrum and so yeah I, I find that fascinating yeah it's it, it it is interesting and that's just a whole nother deep dive of a whole nother yes. culture because that there because the, it it. it there's just so many nuanced levels to it. I don't think this is okay at all because to me, the way it sounds on paper is like appropriation. You're you're willing to make money off of the imagery and having it in your media, but when it comes time to actually allow it to happen, to allow certain people to be free, now we're going to pretend they don't exist. That's... Well, that's their kind of way of dealing with anything in Japanese culture is just they if they don't like something or if it makes uh, them feel uncomfortable, they kind of just shut it down and like, this isn't happening. What are yeah. you talking about? 
I did want to talk about, sorry to transition so no, good. harshly. It's okay. I wanted to talk about some queer characters in Nerdum. Okay. So some of the ones that I personally love would be Xena Warrior Princess. I don't know if you watched uh, her one. at all. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. You and I, Chris, have talked extensively about Wonder Woman. So, and- Who is, uh, is she? she's officially bisexual now, yes, right? Which yeah. I mean, she is basically been hinted forever, but- And was then openly confirmed. But for me, it was- <laughs> It was frustrating to see people upset about this when it was like, she lives on an island of all women. Yeah. Women know how to pleasure other women. There's no way that these goddesses are just sleeping alone every night by themselves. I don't think anyone that's read a Wonder Woman comic was upset by it. I think it was like a lot of people were like, Linda Carter. You know what I mean? Those (laughs) type of people. (laughs) No, but it's so true. And and another thing that I would have to say before I move off of her, is that in the movie with her being with um, Steve Trevor and people were like, well, clearly she's not bi. And I'm like, no, it's just the clock struck straight this time, might not next time, but that's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. she can still be a bisexual woman and have relations with a man. That's actually how that works. That's the problem know? with bisexual, I mean, people's opinions on bisexuality mm-hmm. in general is they don't understand that you can be with someone that's the opposite sex and still be bisexual. Yeah. Yeah. So many people take that away from bisexual people. It's sad to see that. Oh, yeah. No. It, it, even to go even a little f- further into it, it is funny, that type of nerd, which is basically, you know, for lack of a better term, just really just only trying to protect their sexual desires around the character. Like the same thing with the outrage of She-Ra, you know. Some people are like, oh, it's just because it's dumb. But there is a camp of people who are like, this isn't the She-Ra I remember who, you know, was very sexy or whenever they make a character more modest and they get mad. It's like you're not even, in my eyes, a real fan of this character. You only like this character for your sexual pleasure and think that no one should touch it to make you happy in a way that the character wasn't even built for in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, go to Rule 34 and get your rocks (laughs) off. (laughs) But leave, like, the actual art and the people, actual fans of the character, like, let them have the things they want, which is good story, progressive storytelling. Like, leave leave your, like, weird, you know, I'm not going to kink shame you, but leave it out of it. (laughs) You know the, the really funny thing, just about Wonder Woman real quick, the really funny thing about Wonder Woman? So she has a totally queer origin story. There's actually a movie about her three creators, and it's a man and two women that were in a relationship at the time that were super into bondage. Oh, wow. And that's oh. why Wonder Woman's power is the lasso of truth, and she would tie people yeah, it up. makes sense. So there's this whole, like, all of the queer undertones of Wonder Woman are absolutely intentional. It's yeah. It's a fascinating Well, do story. you remember even in the film, in the boat scene, when he, she was like, oh, no, I read about, you know, pleasures mm-hmm. or whatever with a man and a woman, and he was like, and what did you find out? She's like, that we don't really need you. <laughs> yeah, that's a great yeah. part. That yeah. is a queer, yeah. like, moment of being like, yeah, no, we know how to pleasure each other. We don't actually need you unless we want to have children. So, like you said, the undertones, but like if you, it's there, it's there. But I wanted to know some of your favorite queer characters in gaming or in television and film or some of the fandoms that you are into. That's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think of, it's so weird, even thinking about like gay characters in video games, for instance, there's really uh so many like who who can you think of who's gay i was gonna say chris (laughs) you you actually introduced me to america chavez 
Yeah. You were the one that did, and she's a Marvel character. Yeah, who America I'm Chavez is now. great. Batwoman's great. Um, there needs to be a little bit more representation in video games because I think besides like The Last of Us, there I'm trying to think of a triple A title right now that has like a main character that is LGBT, and I can't think of one on the top of my head. Yeah, there aren't very many. Um, comic books, it's slowly turning around, but I mean, we're even just fighting to get a woman. I mean, it's like, we're finally getting a Captain Marvel movie. Like Mm -hmm. it's finally just even getting a a woman on screen or finally getting Black Panther on screen. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a long uphill battle. I will say a character that I've always enjoyed who I think has some serious like fizzazz and queer overtones is Bayonetta. Like all of the Bayonetta games are just. Super gay. I don't care what anyone says. That, that stuff is. Super she's gay. a drag queen character, almost. basically. Yeah, and and I don't mean that meaning that she's a man posing as a. I mean, as as far as like the culture goes, and as far as how she uses her sexuality, it is very and the way that she jokes and the undertones. It's a lot of almost like drag Sona type of stuff. Actually, the more that you say that, when you when you ask queer nerds who do they find that represents them, it's usually a lot of female characters because mm-hmm. there aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are not many gay characters, especially in video games. I think there was like the Ballad of Gay Tony, Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah. That's another big one. It's been very lacking, obviously, yeah. in, in video games and nerd culture. Yeah, and it's kind of sometimes that way where it is, once again, like that off-screen type of stuff where it's like, oh, that person is gay. But I th- uh, The Division had a lesbian, uh, kind of like your lead point person, which was Faye Lau. But once again, that was an off-screen stuff. You, you but that one was a little tricky because that's one of those games where you get story notes through like pickups and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there was anything that leaned heavy, heavily on it. But I know she, and that I mean that game as a whole because it took place in New York had a lot of a uh, lot of like gay characters in it. Like the first doctor you help references her wife who died in this, and so but like. It would be nice to have like something like The Last of Us where it's like someone that people can look at and be mm-hmm. like, there there it go right there. And not have their sexuality. It's it's hard because you don't mm-hmm. want it as a plot device in sense yeah. that it's yeah. like, we're a liberal company. Look at us. Like that, yes. I think that's why The Last of Us was so perfect. It's a part of her character. It affects who you are. It affects how you, your sexuality mm-hmm. does affect so much about your personality. But it's it's hard to get that where it affects your personality, but it's not a stereotype, and the company's not using it to make a statement. They're like, this is just the character, and this kiss is because it's it's not a political statement. It's just we're showing a story, and she it, romance is part of the story. Mm-hmm. I do feel like some of them can be a little bit of a cop out. I agree with that. I in a different type of way in the Latinx community, they recently had Jay Hernandez that was named as Magnum PI and then people were like, "Okay, well he's a Mexican man, so are you going to like address that at all?" And they were like, "Not really, no." And it's like, <laughs> "Okay, but his America just by definition is going to be a little bit different than the last guy. Like his experience is like you said it's going to inform, it's going to shape his his experience." And so for me, it's kind of like a cop out to just make someone brown or make someone queer and then not address it at all. And so that kind of happened a little bit. I felt like in 2007 with J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter when she was uh, attended a, the Q&A at Carnegie Hall and she revealed that Dumbledore was gay. And it was like, this is great. That's awesome. And then we thought like in Fantastic Beasts or like in other stuff that it was going to be addressed and it's not. And so I kind mm-hmm. of am just like, okay. And, you know, I feel like they did that a little bit in Deadpool too, where it's just like – 
you kind of say like, oh no, they're like explore their sexuality. And it's like, great. Are we going to actually see them with another man? Like, are we going to actually see them be physical or something? And then they're not. And then I'm like, so it feels like you're just using this to say it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. They're using it to kind of get the gay market on board on like Twitter. Like they're getting the Twitter gays on, you know, like that type of audience, like people on the internet on board, but not enough for the casual moviegoers watching it to be offended. And I feel like that's kind of like with Dumbledore, that's a huge part of his story. And I I don't get, I mean, I'm I'm hoping it will be, you know, eventually explored, but I I don't want to judge because I haven't seen the movie. And I understand what we're saying. Like, no, that's not his whole entire identity, but like, it does feel a little bit like if you don't include it. There's a way to, you don't want it to be like where it's shoved down. No one wants anything shoved right. down their throats, obviously. Uh, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a way to include it where it's still, it. your sexuality well, is always going to affect. Maybe? Yeah, and it's always going to yeah. affect some of your your character decisions. It yeah. always will. I yeah. think it's it's a really difficult line to walk, right? Because you want you want to portray queer and diverse characters in a way that is that is heartfelt and that is real and you also don't want to lose your core audience that is middle america so it's tough yeah i think is my kind of thoughts on it yeah i know and that's such an interesting kind of stance and walk because are we helping or hurting by hiding Mm -hmm. you know this from middle america because lots of times the in middle america you know I feel like it at times can be cop-outs because I feel like middle America is the excuse that kept a movie like Black Panther from being made for so long. And then mm-hmm. we saw how that did. A movie like Crazy Rich Asians come out for so long. We thought how that did. And, you know, I think Moonlight did well, and I'm sure it didn't make that much money, but I think that's less because it tackled black gay issues and more because it was an art house film. Mm-hmm. You know, and though there, I think if you were to Love have- Simon this year did really actually fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like, I mean, big budget, you know, movies, I think it, yeah, it did fantastic. And so many people watched this and were like, I mean, they're so happy that it was an LGBT. BT film where it wasn't another person dying from the AIDS epidemic where it was like just like a it was a happy story and it was just a silly 1980s style like romance comedy that just featured a guy looking for another guy and it was just amazingly well done that people were like oh thank god it it, it wasn't this homosexuality it was part of the movie they tackled parts of it but it wasn't like in a in a way where it was just a part of, it was just a segment of it and it was just yeah. part of his character yeah i mean i think that's a big part of it too is we're finally in the part where we can justify getting better movies made for those that are not straight and white and cisgender right yeah. like in the past all the gay movies were really stupid <laughs> and Love, Simon is like a really, really good movie. Like the production value is good. The acting is good. The script is good. All of it's really good. Black Panther, another really good example. Mm-hmm. Like everything about Black Panther was like triple A quality. Like it was brilliant. Yeah. And I think we're finally getting to that point where it's like, yeah, we can tell these stories and they will be interesting. We just have to do it right. Yeah. hundred percent. We are going to take a quick break and then come back and talk a little bit more about more of our favorite queer characters. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. I wanted to touch on the CW scene. Their superhero shows, well, several of their shows, but definitely their superhero shows seem to be really taking initiative as far as including more queer characters. I know there's Thunder in Black Lightning. There's Curtis Holt on Arrow. There's The Flash's Captain Singh. There's Alex Danvers in Supergirl. Sarah Lance in Legends of Tomorrow. Ava Sharp in Legends of Tomorrow. Now we have Ruby Rose as Batwoman. I don't know if you saw that that was announced. Yeah, that's very exciting. Very exciting. I think she'll and be awesome. a main character too. You know, yeah, I mean, like a huge Batwoman. Batwoman, <laughs> who's you know, one of the most fascinating characters. And you know, if it was a few years ago, and uh, you told me that they would announce Ruby Rose as Batwoman. And she would be getting tons of hate. I'd be like, oh, is it because it's a lesbian character? No, because nerds are bad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and if if they think you don't, because, you know, all nerds are the perfect casting director. All these great fan casting picks that we see. By the way, that's what's so funny is every time fans cast something, it's always trash or the budget would be insane or that person would not dedicate. Like, it's like, get out of here. Like. I, well, they were upset with was it Heath Ledger when he was originally cast yes, as the Joker? That's and he so true. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's also uh, isn't Voltron have uh, yes they, LGBT uh, characters? Yeah. They just confirmed it at Comic Con too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, thinking of even uh, video games because I forgot this reference. Uh, Tracer from Overwatch, the mm-hmm. one of the main faces of Overwatch is oh, yeah. a lesbian. So 
Yeah, Solo I chamber. would be remiss if I didn't mention Steven Universe, which is yeah. brilliant, yeah. beautiful, such a positive, bright. I mean, even they though, if he, even their fans are bad, yeah, yeah. bad. <laughs> you yeah. want to like hit? I want to like roll up a newspaper slash like spray them. But I also think it's the issue. I mean, Canon sometimes deals with this working at PlayStation. There is sometimes a huge amount. It seems like it's a large number of people on Twitter, right. but it's because it, it makes people's voices sound bigger than it actually is. And a lot of times the Internet will freak out about something. It doesn't necessarily reflect the majority. It doesn't reflect sales. It doesn't reflect the majority You're right. of a fan base. Yeah. It doesn't really reflect anything except for Internet, you know, Twitter hype, which sometimes is, means absolutely nothing. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I know that you're good friends with Kelly Marie Tran, and she experienced like so much hate that it she got off social media. But the thing is, is that when I was at Comic Con, there were so many people dressed like Rose Tico that it was just, I mean, it flooded. Like people just love her so much. But it's hard when like all you're seeing as is a small minority of Star very Wars, very loud, fans. obsessive mm-hmm. harassment. Yeah. yeah, and the majority of Star Wars fans are super lovely, nice people. I, I think a lot of it has to do with two with people will have multiple accounts that they'll log into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes if you 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 can have represent so many different people on Twitter that it it allows to for a falsehood of what actually is. But it's also I mean it's why you know Kelly's not on you know Instagram. Yeah. yeah. It's because sometimes you don't need to read everything, all the negativity. Yeah, and also it's one thing that's important to know. It may seem like when you get in all the notifications and all the people in your mentions, you know, it may seem like, damn, this is a huge amount of people who think this. But only 7% of Americans are using Twitter. That's 7%. Wow. Only 7%. Of Americans are using Twitter. That's a lot of fake accounts. That's a lot of fake accounts. (laughs) And that's a lot of like, that's not a lot of people. So, so that, and, and you know what it is? I find that to be true because whenever something big happens on Twitter and you do kind of step out to the real world and you're like, have you heard of this? And someone hasn't, you're like, how? But like, when you see a number like that, 7%, you're like, I guess, I guess not, (laughs) you know, I guess, I guess it isn't, uh, as, as, Big, a big a world as we think it is. It well, just feels that way. It is mm-hmm. people from other countries and smaller areas as well. I was also going to say, do, uh, talking on the thing of online harassment, I mean, it's something that Canon has had to deal with working with PlayStation mm-hmm. and, and yeah. everything. I don't know if you can talk yeah, about did you, that at all. You get like death threats from LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Be- they how- used to be really common. So back be- when the PlayStation Network was a little bit less reliable than it is now, Anytime we'd have an outage, it, it's totally common for people that have PlayStation in their LinkedIn profile to get death threats in your inbox. Wow, it's fairly common, and it's 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 not it's endemic to the whole gaming industry. Like I have female friends that work at studios, and a lot of them won't even put what the name of the studio they're working at because the game will get released, and then someone will be like, "Well, this level, this thing was misdesigned," so I'll go and find a female graphic artist and just start sending her death threats and hate mail. And then everyone yeah. just bandwagons. And I remember that was a huge thing that happened with, uh, I believe mass effect mm-hmm. where they were blaming this one woman for ruining the game. And someone mm-hmm. had to come in and be like, well, she is, didn't even have that huge a part of it. There right. was actually these men, but you guys are targeting her. Yeah. And, and it is interesting. And, you know, does PlayStation do anything to protect y'all? Like, can you report these people and, you know, 
get their accounts yanked or anything? I mean, it, it depends on the social media you're using. I mean, LinkedIn has a pretty robust reporting system for offensive material, so mm-hmm. it's not so bad. But That's eventually, so insane. LinkedIn is like the not the thing that you should be doing. Like LinkedIn, you can see where they work and uh-huh. who that person is. Uh-huh. Yeah. That doesn't like Twitter. I understand because you're like a random anime avatar. You're but like yeah. LinkedIn, the fact that someone is oh man. I mean, but the craziest thing is you would think that Twitter would have a more robust reporting system than mm-hmm. LinkedIn because LinkedIn, at least you're a level of professionals where Twitter should be doing everything it can. But we're learning more and more every <laughs> day. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. And you know, I'm just leave it at that yeah i think um one thing and this probably may sound crass but you just sort of learn to rise above it and ignore it yeah because it, it used to really bother me and then i just started saying you know none of this matters like <laughs> I, they're not gonna do anything yeah like, these these people are hiding behind a keyboard and all the people that i went into like I, I have a when we launched the ps4 everyone got jackets that said ps4 launch team and i would just sometimes wear that out not thinking and i would have people come up in grocery stores and in malls and just randomly and they'd be like oh my God, you worked on the PS4? Can I shake your hand? And they just like, the fans are like the best part, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I think it's important to remember the good experiences more than the bad ones because if we let the bad ones kind of occupy our mind space, then everything's gonna just feel It's awful. so difficult. I feel like for me, I look at it as a glass of water with the amount of sexual harassment that I deal with. And mm-hmm. I send it, Chris, I feel like you have been such a positive. I just want to take this moment. You're just smiling. You and Ify have seen so much of the the harassment that I've dealt with trying to be in this space. And I just, you both are very supportive men in my life. But I wanted to say, I, I look at it as like a glass of water and it fills up, fills up, fills up, fills up. And then eventually I can't take it anymore and it overflows. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of spiral from the harassment and I might take a break. I might step back. And, and it sucks. I agree because I want to read all my comments. I want to mm-hmm. answer the messages. Yep. But that means I have to see all the really bad ones. Yep. And it's very hard mentally to handle that. I think the scary thing is how Twitter is like the new KKK hood. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I mean, I do mean that, though, because I mean, people, it's so crazy how people who are hateful, spiteful individuals, they do it in a way where they can still go to their day jobs. Like you must Mm -hmm. morally know deep down inside that you're doing something wrong and hateful if you're acting that way. But I think you're right. It's a lot of people who are on the Internet. And I think a biggest way that I've used to combat hatred is with our group meeting nerds who are positive Uh, whether it's queer, people of color, or just people who are loving, you know, people who are doing something for the better good. Whatever your group is, it's finding people in person to talk to Mm -hmm. because I think the best way to combat the internet hate is making a presence outside in person is the best way to combat that. Mm -hmm. I was just going to add, and I don't want to get too political, but, you know, a big part of the Trump election for me was processing how kind of awful it made me feel and how terrible I thought everything was. And what I eventually decided after kind of coming out of that fog was that, you know, I can't change anyone's mind. I can't fight the hate directly. But what I can do is I can spend my time, my energy, and my money on helping the people in my community and then building that up. And that's kind of what made me get into activism. That's why I volunteer at the center. That's why the LA Gaming Society is starting to have fundraisers for the queer youth of Los Angeles so that we can get people, you know, onto a better track so that they're not homeless or not alone or they don't feel so depressed all the time by all this negativity. And I can say that by putting my focus towards those kinds of things, my outlook has improved exponentially. Even though the news on a fairly consistent basis is is crazy, 
like ha- having a, a positive outlet where I can take kind of that nervous negative energy and work it into something has made a world difference for me. Well, I mean, you saw, like, you see negative homophobic, like, Kotaku would have, like, a negative, you know, this homophobic thing happened today. They didn't write about, like, our E3 party, how Mm -hmm. we raised so much money for the, we, I think we raised, I don't even know how many, like, five? It was over $5,000. Over $5,000 just for video games for LGBT, you know, youth to play at the center um, so that they can have an outlet, which is amazingly enough, by the way, video games is such a healthy outlet that brings people together. And and then seeing people being brought together who are queer nerds who are 30 to 40 years old, you know, who never had that outlet and in an adult space. I think there are positive things that are happening by us focusing on our community. I'm hoping that maybe the the news can eventually pick up on some of those mm-hmm. positive yeah. well, articles. To quote nice. a great movie by the name of Nightcrawler. If it bleeds, it leads, you know, and that's the, that's what the news is in the business of. The, the the moment the news became the business, it's less about, you know, sharing the news and more so what can we do that's going to, you, you know, activate people and get a reaction out of them and get them sharing our stuff. So yeah, it, it does, I find that in multiple communities and multiple things throughout the news scope Everything positive kind of gets swept under the rug because they'd rather get someone mad who's going to retweet it and then say something snarky than someone's going to add their snark. Me, usually I'm involved in that chain <laughs> of snark and RT. But yeah, so it, it is. And I think that is a great advice to anyone in their communities is if you are feeling hopeless, are feeling like, how do I make a change? Everyone thinks that, you know. I find that a lot of people believe that you need a million dollars to make meaningful change. And that's just not the case. You know, meaningful change could just be as simple as mentoring, you know, someone who is, you know, just like you or someone who you think needs it. You know, like I was thinking about the whole middle America excuse that we were talking about earlier. And I was like, to say that you don't think this movie will do well because of middle America is to say that you don't believe that there's a young gay kid in middle America, that there isn't a young Asian kid in middle America. There, there isn't a young black kid in middle America or that there's no one in middle America that has the empathy to take in this story and, and enjoy it and understand it and like it. Cause like Chris said, it's, you know, Simon being gay is a part of the story, but in the end it's still a great story and I feel like it's unfair to kind of scapegoat middle America. We often, based on the excuse that Hollywood likes to get away with this middle America, you're saying they are dumb, that they are all bigoted, it's all white, and it's all white males in right. middle America. And that's why you can never do it. When I wouldn't care if only one little black kid in Oklahoma got to see Black Panther, that mm. would have made it work. Or one gay kid in you know Oklahoma who got to see Love Simon like that that to me is more powerful than you know a thousand kids who who are in a coastal city that you know can eventually hopefully find a community you know but I think the problem is, is I think people just want good stories yeah and the problem is is like there will be a movie with a black superhero or a woman superhero that for whatever reason the development cycle someone doesn't believe in they're like they won't like this Mm -hmm. They don't put the right resources into it. 
the actual movie, video game, whatever media format it is, isn't good because they didn't believe in it. Yep. And mm-hmm. then it fails and they're like, see, I told you it wouldn't do well because people don't want women as superheroes. And yeah. you're like, no, it's because Catwoman was an awful, awful, like, it, it just wasn't a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you can- I loved s- Catwoman, though. I know, it for the wrong so... reasons. <laughs> but then you see Wonder Woman, which was a well-written you know, yeah. movie with mm-hmm. the right cast and everything. Right. And it's like, as long as something is well-written, people will watch it. People will yeah. buy The Last of Us 2 because it's a well-written video game. They don't care that, you know what I mean, whatnot. Yeah. So, Yeah. I did want to go over a couple of more queer characters before we moved on. Uh, one of them, Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, real-life couple Tessa Thompson and Janelle Monet. Uh, so are just, beautiful. I'm so glad they found each other because no one else deserves them. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys watched uh, Luke Cage this season, but Shades, that was very exciting to have them openly, I guess kind of openly confirmed. At least I think the showrunner did confirm that that he's queer and they actually had a moment of development for his character. So that was really nice. Um, the Walking Dead, my friend Ross Marquand plays Aaron on there. Yeah. Um, and I believe that they also have uh, Tara and... Um, Very LGBT. Well, yeah, yeah. TV's, I think TV's the first format that's t- enough power gays have gotten involved with TV where we've slowly <laughs> yeah, yeah. added our... You know, but we've shown that like, like with anything, all that matters is a good, is good writing, good story, good, you know, direction. And it, and everything else, it sh- it should be different characters and yeah. Viewpoints. Oh, oh, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Oh, yes, so she's good. so badass. So I mean, good. I wish that they had done more to develop their like her relationship in Deadpool too. Like you know, she kind of was pretty much just a side character, which again we see we keep seeing. But I do. Th- oh, she's so cool. She but- actually, sorry, no, go for off, it. But she actually requested that. So the oh. actress who plays Negasonic Teenage okay. Ward is, I believe, pansexual or bisexual. Oh. And she was like, I, you can make my character a lesbian, but I don't want it to be a thing in the movie. Yeah. Like, and again, I get that. Like, we keep going back and forth of, like, I wish that they would address it more. Mm-hmm. But then, and maybe it's not necessarily that it needs to be addressed with her, but just because it's not addressed enough. Yeah. Well, I think they actually addressed it pretty well because it's like, here's me and my girlfriend. That's yeah. it. That's it. And that's all they had to do. As long as it's not like some like the Deadpool 2 director two years later coming out saying that she was a lesbian the whole time. And there's our, it's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like they address, as long as you just I mean, address not, it, it's I fine. mean, not that necessarily. I mean, having character development, like yeah. being able to have mm-hmm. a character growth with your romantic partner. I mean, I just missed her in the movie in general. Like yes. I just wanted more yeah. of her yeah. in yeah. general. Yeah. 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 And then two other just main points that I want to say. Steven Universe had the first cartoon lesbian wedding. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. That, that is they, so cool. Like, you know, it's not something that they'd probably be able to do even five years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Cartoon Network. Uh, and then Batgirl in the comics had the first transgender wedding in the comics. I believe that was when Gail Simone was still writing. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And North, I think North Star had a wedding issue as well. There well, a, there's yeah. um, yeah. Cinna Grace, who I got to meet on a DC shoot that I did. He is uh, doing Iceman. I don't know if you follow that at all, but mm-hmm. that is uh, he has had a coming out moment in the comics, and then it's kind of his development as a superhero, but also having to deal with with coming out. That's Which pretty... is great because, especially as if nerds are from you know a community where their parents are you know probably homophobic or whatever, they can just like sneak in an Iceman, you know, a comic, <laughs> and their parents are gonna say that was me as a kid. It's a comic book, mom. It's, it's fine. a comic book, and their parents are gonna they're gonna be like, oh, it's this masculine looking character. They're yeah. not gonna say anything. <laughs> so they're writing something I think more than what's needed more than they probably know by doing that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. 
I think we need to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to jump into the rest of this and keep it spicy. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Alright, hey, what's up? It's your boy, you know who it is, Ify, still here with Danny and our wonderful guests, Christopher and Cannon. And we're talking about, I feel like it's a real open discussion about, you know, LGBTQ and nerdum, And I think it's real cool. Thank but, you for joining us and letting us. Yeah. Pick hey, thank you for us. having us. This is fun. I will say I'm real excited too for the nerd fam that's going to check this out because I've seen nerd fam tweet net mm-hmm. at me and they'll have the rainbow flag in their screen name. And you know, that's how we know. I like that. We've um, <laughs> have uh, made our, uh, for lack of a better description, planted our flags in our Twitter where it's like, you know, Nigerians will throw the Nigerian oh, flags. Yeah. Dominicans love putting that Dominican flag in mm-hmm. their joint. You know, the LGBTQ community has the rainbow flag. We all know where we at, just so you know who you're talking to. Well, it's cool because even like PlayStation changed their icon during Pride Month yeah. to the Pride yeah. symbol. Yeah. Animation did too, and I was yeah. really happy yeah, was, about that. It's funny because you had like a lot of bitter people, and sometimes a few of them were straight. So I was like chill. That were like, oh, the consumerism of the da 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 da, and this. And Guy Branham did a real funny joke of being like, oh, I'm sorry that for once we're being accepted and not burned at the stake and it, <laughs> making you feel bitter. Like it was really great. Of course, I'm not doing it as great as Guy because Guy. Well, is people amazing. would tweet at Funimation and they would just reply with gay anime gifts, and I loved it so much. Because <laughs> oh. they, so, they have they also own that like volleyball the volleyball mm-hmm. boys one. Oh yeah, and the swim team, mm-hmm. the oh, swim yeah. team one. 
Funimation. Like, to everybody. You were at that event, right? Yeah. Where they just had like a bunch of boys in oh, yes. speedos, I and then lo- girls were yeah. I was like, what is? Going oh yeah, it was. was Funimation is my family. I love. I love that. I love them so much. I, I remember one, and <laughs> you can get in there. I remember once um, I was announced as like a host on something, and someone was like, uh, "I'm sorry, but do you even know anything about Dragon Ball?" And someone, <laughs> one of the Funimation people, won on the account and was like, "Oh, she knows," and like tweeted it out to everybody. I also have to say they've been very supportive because uh, Danny has put us in contact with Funimation and just as a gay video game you know group uh, Funimation has donated so so much so especially when we had our uh, E3 after party uh, just a shout out Funimation gave us stuff Square Enix gave us a ton of stuff and of course PlayStation you know gave us all of these free Playstations to give out so it's great that you know they've it's been nice supportive. To feel supported. Dang, old awesome. Playstations, huh? The weird thing is, we still get like we had like Nintendo nerds show up, and they're like, <laughs> "Where's <laughs> our did. Switch?" And we're like, well, "I we mean, did. yeah, it's a we'll, PlayStation event. It's a PlayStation <laughs> event, and yeah, good luck with getting Nintendo to yeah sponsor anything <laughs> LGBT." All right. Well, let's Shade. talk about speaking of uh, speaking of finding your space. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the first gay space on the internet. It was called. Uh, S-O-C-dot-M-O-T-S-S. Sockmots? Sockmots. Yeah. And uh, it basically anticipated how we use social networks today, right? In 1983, programmer Steve Dyer started a discussion forum called Netmots, later Sockmots, on the Usenet newsgroup system. Fun fact. So I had this super hyper nerd who I went to high school with. I forget his name, but I remember he was very practical. And he told me, and it's so funny because I'm mad. I was mad then, and now I'm even more mad because he was right. Because I used <laughs> to do art, and uh, I would like do the art, and then I would tell him like the whole story behind like the comic I was trying to make and all this stuff. And he straight up to my face was like, "Yeah, your art's not good, but you'd probably be an amazing writer." <laughs> and wow, I remember being like, "This dude." And, like, I'm a professional writer now, so he kind of called <laughs> he it. He wasn't wrong. Yeah, I, I'm mad about that. Was that your gay friend that told you no, that? No, no. Was, sassy gay friend. I know. It does sound like a girl, sassy gay friend. Girl, you'll be a great writer. <laughs> he, uh, he was this other dude. He was, like, almost the opposite. He was, like, a Jehovah's Witness. And I, like, it, mm, that so was whole... maybe gay. So probably <laughs> gay is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but he was really into building computers and this was like back when i was a freshman so this was hella new to me and he had this guy who was like his kind of mentor and was teaching him about building computers and he was like you got to check out this thing called news groups news Mm -hmm. groups are where it's at you got to go on news groups uh and he kind of told me how to do it but i never figured out how to work i had like the client to launch into news groups but like it's crazy reading about because news groups was like Early internet stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> well, sock. So sock. Is it sock mots? That's yeah. what we're just. We're going to just. I, someone will correct us probably. Yeah. Well, I want to say mots stood for members of the same sex. Yes. And so it was a, a way for. It was essentially had threads and it was a way for people to, to talk and members to talk. And it was actually one of the biggest membership communities of the early internet. And it's really interesting because you can still go uh, search on Sockmots and see all of these forums from the what? 80s. It's all still there. And oh see God. the first, almost like the first time of like gay communication then. 
And wow. especially during a you know troublesome time of the AIDS epidemic mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. it was as a gay person, it's it's really hard because it's not like you know when you have a Latina family or a Black family behind you, you have people to kind of give you your your culture. Not just do are we not born from obviously gay parents, but uh, a lot of people from the eighties died, and a lot of these amazing innovative LGBT people are dead now, and we will never really we'll get their stories told to us. It's great to see the conversation still there in yeah, print, that's so cool. talking about dealing with some of the same things that our community still faces, and and seeing that in print just made me feel like just I got really emotional reading some of it because I was like, wow, this is what, and also how little things have changed. You can kind of see how the early development of internet talked, like it was very much like reading a gay Reddit thread of people just back and forth, just talking about. I think there was even just like a huge debate uh, on speedos or something. It was like a weird <laughs> of like speedo colors. And I was like, this yeah. is something that would still just be on my Facebook feed now. I know that is wild because it is because there's one thing when you look at movies that portray a time and like, you know, especially like if you for lack of a better movie, even though this movie was problematic AF, but like, um, it was about the riots. Um, oh, Stonewall. Stonewall. Yeah. But like you'll you have Stonewall. They or, had all white, yeah. <laughs> all white gay cast. Yeah. Uh, no, which I mean, black trans women are what uh, they've really laid the groundwork for the LGBT movement. Yeah. They did so much for us, and to see them just being completely underrepresented when they did mm-hmm. so much work, and then just to see white gay men. And the front of this movie was, it's so sad. I mean, they still do. It's yeah. it's crazy. We're finally getting, I mean, we're getting, uh, what's the show? Uh, Pose? Pose, yes. Yeah. Pose is finally giving mm-hmm. black trans women, I mean, just trans women in general, the most underrepresented group in this country, just a voice that they need. I think that's so cool about members of the same sex, this, um, this, this group is that like also... You hear movies. There's so many movies about the AIDS epidemic. And to finally actually see what the conversations were just like. Yes. There's no, it wasn't a published article. It wasn't, it was just like people conversing about AIDS, a lot of misinformation, a lot of people that just had no idea what was happening. Mm -hmm. And just see those conversations just typed up is something that. If it wasn't for this, we would not be able to experience anything like this. And that's what like that. that's what the point I was making is like when you see that portrayed in movies, you are getting this kind of uh, dramatized, kind of assumed idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this is just cold hard facts. These are what the people at the time were talking about. Like imagine if you can go back to like the civil rights movement and see like you know the sneak shots that Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were shooting at each other on the forums. Like you're getting a very real representation and that i think is something that's going to be cool about the future is like when we move from now people are going to be able to pull the things that we've said and it's not going to be a question of you know this is kind of like what the general idea was it you have it right there it's also i think the it's why there are so many lgbt nerds is because most people i mean canon and i came from both very homophobic backgrounds and I think we both latched on to video games and nerd culture because that was our safe space. That was our, fa- our space for figuring out what being gay is. That my first, the first person I ever told uh, that I was gay to was an internet friend that I've still mm-hmm. to this day I've never, you know, met. 
but someone that I would that was the first person because that was safe to me was telling someone on the on the internet when I was you know you know young enough that was the only safe space for us that's the only way to find information that was the only way especially in small rural towns that's it I mean so. and that's so interesting to me if you don't mind elaborating what was mm-hmm. that experience like how how what was the reaction you know, when I first came out to my parents, it was one of the most difficult times ever. I, I didn't talk to my mom for like months afterwards. And um, it kind of makes me feel sad and a little empty that the only loving and supporting um, relationship that I could have to tell someone was someone on the internet that I would never get that comfort from. It was a straight guy on the internet that I played an online game with, but that was the only person I felt comfortable with and the only person that I had. And it's kind of why, I mean, Canon and I both gravitated towards finding this, you know, LA Gaming Society is so that we could get people who are queer nerds to actually be able to meet up mm-hmm. and actually feel like they have a support group. Because even, especially in, even though LA is very liberal, there are so many places outside of LA, California that are very, very homophobic, people that don't have homes. And it's hard enough for someone that's young and charismatic to move to, I mean, that to, to move to LA and be beautiful <sighs> for people who it's difficult for them to talk to. We have, we have to give them a safe space because I feel like no one's fighting for them and it, no one really fought for us. So we kind of had to do something to kind of create a space. And that's why, I mean, Canon's family to me, you know, because we had to create our own family and I, yeah. I don't know the internet. The internet we would have never had lags if it wasn't for Reddit for you know the gay forums. I mean, you can talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, that there's there's a lot there, but I think um, you're exactly right. I think you know, gaming for so many people is their outlet because a lot of people live in a situation or in a circumstance that is dire or is frustrating or is sad. So the nice thing about gaming is. You know, that, that can be an outlet and escape for everyone. The The downside of that is a lot of people take that negativity with them from whatever suffering it is that they mm-hmm. have, and they bring it into that space. And that's why you have the homophobia and the misogyny and the racism and all the ugly parts, right? And a lot of people, I think, don't realize that, that, that they're bringing that with them. So when you're, when you're queer, like we are, and you, you want to have, have your outlet, right? You want to have that thing you grew up with where you bonded. And you want to have that safe space where you can play those games and just enjoy yourself, right? So and I, to kind of bounce off what you said, I'm a big proponent of, of creating your own family. It's something that a lot of queer people have to do because we don't have we, – we don't really have another option. Yeah. So creating that queer family around something like gaming has been a really, really great experience. And I think it is something we fought really hard for over the past few years, but it's, it's worth it. Like we, we just had a meetup – last weekend on yeah. Sunday, right? We just took a bunch of nerds to the beach. And it's like every time we have a new meetup, we always meet new people from different countries and different counties and different places, like from all over. And they're just like, yeah, my friend, you know, told me about this group because I didn't have any friends when I moved here. And my family doesn't talk to me when I came out. And this is really cool. Like I've never met this many gay people before. And most and of the like, time they're connected crap. from meeting someone from the internet. Yeah, I mean, that's why nerd culture is so important and why mm-hmm. internet culture is so important for us because, I mean, I just can't imagine what it would be like or where I would be without the internet and being able to meet people and find people that were like me, you know? I think a lot of people can relate to their internet friends almost being closer than 
in real life people that they know. I know I see that a lot in Discord. Ify and I used to host at a channel called Hyper RPG, which is a very positive channel, but they had a, a very positive Discord of people that could talk about their problems and issues in a way that they wouldn't be able to around their family. And I found that so... I would pop in there and and be talking about things and and harassment and stuff that I was dealing with and it would all come to my aid but it was just so nice to see the positive parts of of nerddom like you were saying yeah. and to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, that it's not all gamergate and crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just death threats towards Angry women. anime avatars. Um, that's a small and they're and at the same time they're trying to find a movement that they can latch on to that makes them feel like they're a part of something and they're angry about other things besides just, but that is just being projected the wrong way. All we can do is create positive movements and hopefully get people that, that might be a part of this. You know, there are a lot of people, for instance, that are in Gamergate that are really, really great people that are just have a lot of misinformation that just want to be a part of something and they want to change the gaming industry and they want things to be positive, but they have a lot of misled information and they start taking out, um, or they might not even take things out on women, but they support other people that do. And I think all we can do is create positive groups where they feel like people who feel like they need to be a part of something can latch onto those positive groups and create something mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. If I was going to say, I think that we might have to take this in for a landing. I know. I wanted to touch on Star Trek, but I think that Danny was like, I'm scared. Someone's going to, you know, be mad that we didn't talk about LGBT things because Star Trek was a huge part of what I am going to say is I wanted to, I did want to address that, but I'll uh, address it on us, our Star Trek episode, actually. Um, so, Candy, we might have to have you back for that because that's something that you. I would love that. Yes. Then you talk um, about gay Star Trek. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, we need it's to talk needed. about the lack of it for a huge part and then how it just kind of came in. But, anyways. Um, where can everyone find you? And, and if people want to join any of your organizations, if you could let us know. Yeah, you can type up LAGS. That's uh, LAGS, LA Gaming Society, G-A-Y uh, Gaming uh, Society on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Would love to add you on there. Uh, my name is at Tinder Chris on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, also, just as a plug, uh, check out Cooking on High on Netflix. That's a show I'm on. We need a season two. <laughs> so I needed money. So please watch uh, Cooking on High on Netflix and get me a job. Um, Canon? Uh, yeah, feel free to add me on Facebook if you're so inclined, if you're into more nerdy fun stuff and video games. Uh, I love expanding my online family. Also find me on Instagram at canon.gif. Yeah, reach out to yeah Tinder Chris and t- Canon.gif on Instagram. We love helping out. Like, by the way, if there are any young queer listeners or anyone that needs help or any advice, you can reach out to us, and we would love to give you advice and help you guys out. Yes. And I also love the anime posts. You have the funniest Instagram stories, Chris. I go through all of them. It's all Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z names. <laughs> That's why I love them. <laughs> With butt um, sex jokes. Yeah, in there too. I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez. Um, yeah, what a, uh, what a, please uh, check out our tea public. Everyone's been loving the shirts. We did yeah. a giveaway. We will probably do one again in the future, but in the meantime, go grab some shirts. I'm going to get the Batman one. I'm really excited. Yeah. We look dope as hell. I know. Oh, I will be at New York Comic Con, so I get to announce my Woo! panel. Yes, I'm That's so exciting. excited to share some news with y'all. But yes, if you're going to be at New York Comic Con, I will also be there. This is my first time, so tell me what to do. And, and uh, yeah. 
And 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 I have a panel on Friday that I get to announce in a little bit. So oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for you to announce it, and you didn't say anything. Uh, I have a pass. I'll probably be hanging out. Uh, you know, you might see me there. You might not. <laughs> Pay attention. Uh, catch me uh, at Ify Wadiway I F Y N W A D I W E on Twitter and Instagram. If these on Twitch, thank you all the nerd fam coming through, dropping those Twitch Prime subs. And here is your regular reminder that if you Twitch Prime sub, you got to do it every month. It doesn't auto renew. I need them bucks, baby. Thank you so much. I love y'all. And as always. Wait, I wanted to say, um, please tweet at us your favorite queer characters or like when you first saw, found yourself represented. Yeah, anything media. that we might have missed, we need any references to. Yeah, we probably missed a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So help yeah. us out. Definitely do that. Tweet it. We gonna retweet you. Share the love. Really want y'all feeling nice and represented because like our motto says, it's a nerdy deep dive for everyone. Uh, don't make me. Don't make me do the tweet where I retweet you. Then I drag you. <laughs> then I go to the part where it says a nerdy deep dive for everyone and zoom in on everyone. You know what I'm talking about. And you know what I'm asking you not to do. So don't do it. (laughs) But on that note, stay nerdy, everyone. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.